You we are turned the fuck up tonight. Oh, shit. I'm so Rash. happy to introduce our next guest. I've known this man for a very long time. <laughs> and he's one of the greatest. greatest. His knowledge of a lot of shit is crazy. Crazy. This is legend. Uh, you know. Without further ado, I'd like to introduce you to the Combat <laughs> Jack Show. R.A., the rugged man. Yeah. man. I'm back 500 shows and two babies later. Another classic album, the game changer savior. For every fan who said my music saved their life, this is for you. Without the love from fans, I'd be dead. You saved my life too Cause I didn't release an album Some thought that I maybe quit But I was touring cities Paying bills and wiping baby shit From the rotten core Popping pastas Lock your door Knock knock It's hip hop's most shocking provocateur Society despiser Grind of a violent Viking fighter Vibing to the violence inside you The suicide survivor Civilizer 85 I mind the Malcolm and Eliza Tiger Manimal hybrid Island of Dr. Frankenheimer My umbilical cord Was a bullet belt of ammunition Rap master mission Battle system, savage tactician But I've been banned, barred, been scarred Lived hard, why I try, die hard But I fight on, I'm a pipe bomb Was an icon in your iPod And your tape decks, rape train wrecks And I break necks, I'm a rhyme guard Whether rapping slow or rapping fast I'm back at last with a masterclass That was part of the introduction Off Ari the Rugged Man's new album All My Heroes Are Dead Welcome to episode 72 of We Going In Presents, where the legendary R.A. the Rugged Man comes through for an unforgettable interview. Last week, R.A. dropped his masterpiece of an album, All My Heroes Are Dead. You think it's too soon to call it a masterpiece? Tell that to the critics. In the interview, we talk about the new project, what the lockdown's been like in Germany, how times like these are really challenging for touring MCs like R.A., how he keeps getting better, and much more. After the interview, hit up RA on social media, cop All My Heroes Are Dead, and check out my books all on my link tree. First off, you know, we're all home right now, kind of on a lockdown. How have you been doing with just being home and not being able to get out and, you know, promote the record and, and really have that normal kind of life? Well, you know, it's I'm going through the same shit the rest of the world's going through. So, you know, of course, I want to go out in the world and promote the album especially when you have an album drop and the way you make all your money is touring so this album's killing it right now and i would be able to just destroy you know the world doing shows worldwide i'd be making so much money right now so so putting out an album taking so long to put out an album and then when i finally put it out you can't tour you know it hits you really hard you know so but like i said you know the whole world's going through it so so you know things things happen and you know okay you got to move on. You got to figure out what the next step is, you know? So I'm just glad that the world is enjoying the music because uh, the response has been fucking spectacular, you know? No doubt. No, that's been amazing. You know, when you think about that too, I think I had heard you say you were going to do about 150 shows a year just off of All My Heroes Are Dead for a couple of years. I mean, that's a significant amount of shows too. Um, what are some creative ideas you've had to kind of make up for that? I don't have any yet. You know, I'm I'm a touring MC. I'm a live show MC. I like being physical. I like bleeding and sweating and, you know, being in the, the pits with the motherfuckers. You know, I like being right there in your face and, and you know, sharing sharing uh, the, the space with a whole uh, group of people and we all have a big party and, you know, just put on a showcase, you know. This whole thing about... Let's go do an IG live concert. I, I don't know. What, what are they, just rap for you? Yeah, yeah, I could rap. Yeah, rap the songs that are on my album. Yeah, I could do it. But that's not, you know, I mean, you got to adapt at the times, but I'm a showman. I'm, I, I like to perform. I like to be in, you know, I like to put on live concerts and, you know, rock the house. Whole uh, IG battles, you know, I just seen this whole drama with 
Teddy Riley and Babyface, all of it. It's, it's like Teddy's a fucking goat, one of the greatest that ever lived. And he has to fucking disgrace himself with some, like, you know, entertaining people who don't even appreciate what the fuck is going on, you know? And people, oh, Babyface, you know, it's like, come on, man. You know, like, I don't know. I don't have alternatives yet, you know? My alternative is that uh, the world becomes normal again, possibly. We'll see what happens, you know? No doubt. And even as we look at like certain states are already lifting their restrictions, is that enough for you to want to, to do any shows in those states? Or do you need to see more of a like a real like like a vaccine? Like what would it take for you to kind of get back out on the road and feel like it it was a safe move, you know, considering everything you have? I'm, at I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of shit, man. I'm, I'm not afraid of nothing, man. Like, uh, you know, I don't believe anything they tell me. I don't know what anything is, you know, so. You know, I'm a bit of a, you know, psychopath, conspiracy guy, you know. So I know this shit is real, obviously. I know people are dying. I know that's real. But I don't know how much of the information they're giving us is real, you know. Like, they could tell us whatever we want, and we're all in fear. So, we, oh, yeah, whatever you tell us is true. We know it, you know. And, and, and the Chinese government are giving numbers. They go, well, the Chinese government lies, obviously. Those numbers aren't real. But, like, oh, the United States government is true, you know. Like, <laughs> like. Like the British government is true. Like all these other governments telling the truth. Just China's the only. No, they're all lying pieces of shit. All governments are lying pieces of shit. So who do we believe? Who do we trust? Like the song on my album. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know. You know, we live in a world where um, <clears throat> endemics happen and and horrors happen and world wars happen and um, people die and it's it's hard. The horrors of the world continue and disease kills our loved ones and everyone we know dies. So, you know, this 1968, there was a pandemic. I think a million people died, you know, 58, there was a million people died, or two, three million people died, you know, and then 1917, uh, how many people died? Uh, uh, 5 million, 10 million. How many died from the 1917 uh, uh, Spanish flu thing, you know? So it's like, it's, you know, if you're on the earth long enough, you're going to see, a pandemic or a horror or a world war two or, or, uh, you know, or somebody coming to your city, the United States, the United States, you know, blowing a bomb up in, in your family's house, you know, in some other country, you know, like, uh, the world is tragedy. So I just don't know, you know, should we all live in fear forever because the government, uh, is telling us, I, I just don't know. I don't have the answers. I'm not a scientist. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just a rapper guy, you know? No doubt. And, and looking at, you know, you talk about your kids a lot. How have your kids been doing with, you know, school being out and being home and what's that homeschooling process been like? Well, they're about to open the schools back up in Germany. Um, so it, it, I think if the, the mother of my kids, she's a school teacher. So if you're a nurse, a school teacher, a doctor, a cop, like shit like that. They, they, they're they thinking about next week or the week after opening up the kindergartens so the people that do the everyday stuff can get back to work to for society or something. So they're going to end up back in the kindergarten soon. I, I think that's what's happening, but we don't know. But, you know, it, it's uh, it's been easy on the kids because, you know, yeah, obviously they want to go to Legoland or they want to fly to America and go go, you know, see the family there or but because uh, we're in Berlin right now, we're living in Berlin, you know, but uh, um, so obviously, you know, but, but it, it's 
they're, they're with their daddy every day. They see their mommy every day. We're having, you know, they, they're getting, you know, they got a lot of love surrounding them. So they've been doing good, you know, and we take them for walks. We, we take them for, for little, you know, hunts through the woods and play hide and seek with them. And, you know, so they, they've been doing it right. The kids been doing good. They, they've been enjoying themselves, actually. They, they've been enjoying themselves more than if I would have went on tour for 200 shows, you know? So that's, that's the most positive thing about the whole thing is the kids are getting every day of their life. They wake up to their daddy every, every day of their life, you know? So, yeah. That's great. And, you know, I know the album's only been out for just about a week at this point. All my heroes are dead. Some fans are even calling it a masterpiece at this point. How do you feel about that kind of praise? Yo, honestly, it's not even just some fans. It's like every, every, four out of five comments is like masterpiece 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 i never heard the word masterpiece thrown at me that much so it's been crazy like album album of the decade album of all time you know like it's really beginning that high praise and it's you know i worked unbelievably hard on it to make sure it was right and make sure i was happy and proud of it so you know uh, whether they're right or wrong you know it's a blessing that i did my job where the fans that, that I love and the fans that I wanted to make sure were happy are very, very, very happy. So, yeah, it feels great. That's awesome. No, I'm really happy to hear that. And you talk about that hard work. You know, on the introduction, um, you talk about how you continuously get better. How do you go about – I mean, because, you know, people have always said you're incredible. I mean, I would, you know, I would agree with that 100%. How do you keep getting better, though? Well, because you're, you know, you, it's like anything. The more wisdom you have, the more knowledge you have, the more experience you have, you can use that. Um, that's his kids, not mine. Anybody listening to it, my kids, I, I locked them downstairs <laughs> with their mother. So the kids screaming in his house are his kids. Yes, but it's all good. <laughs> yeah, everybody knows it's quarantine time, and we're locked in with our babies. So exactly. we're gonna hear weird baby screams. <laughs> But um, I forgot what was the question. What were we saying again? How I always you, forget mid mid twenty. How you continuously improve and keep getting better and better. Ah, uh, you know that's what I'm saying. The thing is, I say it all the time. I don't want to put out another album if it's not better than the last one. You know, so a lot of my fans really thought Legend Never Die was like my masterpiece. You know, that was it. You know, that was the masterpiece, and you know that was the one. You know, and you know. Uh, so I just want to make sure, no, no, we're going to outdo that. We're going to outdo that big time. So, uh, and if I put out another album in the future, I'm going to make sure that we body this one, you know? So. And when, when you think about getting better, I mean, do you go back to your old music and kind of pick it apart with a real critical eye or do you, do you like, like, how do you go about like finding ways to like, I can get better this way, or this is an area I can improve in? Well, Sorry, I've been sick the last few days. <coughs> well, um, no, it's not like that. It's it's about making. It's I don't know. It's like when you've been doing it that many years, there might have been something you did thirty years ago that you're like, you know what? I did that. Let me expand on it. You know, or something that hip hop has done twenty years ago. You you have you know, four, over four decades now of hip hop, five decades of hip hop, right? 73, how many years ago is that? How many years is hip hop? 45, whatever the math is, you know, 45 years to 50, whatever. Um, yeah, 47 years, I think the math, right? 1973, whatever. But we have, we have over four decades of uh, hip hop 
and history. So if you know the history and you're, you're doing something, you go, you know what, if that's been done kind of, let's, let's do something different and let's kind of improve on that, you know? So you kind of just knowing your history, it's kind of like filmmaking. If you know everything about your camera and your camera lens and, and the camera angle and where to put the camera and, and, you know, you know every shot in every Hitchcock movie and every Fellini movie, it's easier for you to, you know, make great uh, cinema, you know? So, you know, it's, it's just being educated on, on the craft, you know? Do you find that having kids gives you an added dimension to what you talk about, especially when looking at songs like Wondering? Well, Wondering was very similar, you know, to a song called Still Get Through the Day on uh, the, the album before, but I wanted to kind of step it up a notch and, and then add a couple stories to it. So, yeah, that was the album before was before I had the kids. But uh, the song Firstborn, I wrote about my daughter. I obviously couldn't write that without a... <coughs> excuse me, sorry. <laughs> Gross, right? She's like, the mother of my kids is like, you have corona. I'm like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, she's like, the cough is really strange. You have corona. Like, yeah, we need to fuck alone, people. But um, what was I going to say? Uh, having kids, you know, is the same as anything. Once you have a life lesson, uh, you know, any life lesson uh, changes your view of the world. So having kids is a huge, huge life lesson uh, up there with even more powerful than the death of your, your most loved ones. Having kids is, is one of the most... Uh, influential things in life so if, if that happens of course it's going to influence your mind and your art you know no doubt and another um kid you brought on was which was really cool was sean price's daughter sean price and bringing her on the album and, and incorporating her what, what was that process like and, and what did it mean to you to really carry on sean's legacy um through you know, all my heroes are dead well sean is one rapper that we all love you know, we love him. The guy, we love him. Like, when he passed, I was like, yo, like, I, I love this guy. Like, I love him. He, he's really one of the most down-to-earth, funniest, coolest, just just one of the most, like, if you hung out with him for the day, there's nobody like him. And, and the sense of humor is unparalleled. He's the funniest dude you ever met in your life. Everybody loves Sean. Everybody. So, um, you know, when I was working on the album, I definitely wanted to, you know, homage a lot of the lost soldiers. And, and, and um, Sean was one of the ones we all loved the most. So uh, what do you do? Remix one of his verses and give a couple scratches on it. And yeah, yeah, maybe that would be dope. Fans would like that, right? But then I saw a video, I think, on Facebook or, or Instagram. It was something where there was a little clip of little Sean P, the daughter, rapping or something, doing a little rhyme. So I was like, oh, shit, let me hit up Bernadette. I said, hey, Bern. Could you bring little P to the studio? I'm working on this interlude. And she brought uh, little P, little Sean, who's a firecracker. She's, oh, yo, honestly, the daughter is the father. They're, That's they're the same fucking person. Not like they're the same person. Same mannerisms, same attitude, same sense of humor, same obnoxious, you know, like, like don't give a fuck vibe. Like, they're the same. But like, Bernadette is living with Sean. It's crazy, it's you know. Awesome. So, so, but um, yeah. So, so she came through and brought Sean into the studio, and they did the little piece, and 
I'm glad that uh, that Bernadette, I think she reposted it, and I'm glad the family's liking it. And yeah, I, I love B too. Bernadette's awesome, and 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 yeah, I know that Lil P's driving her nuts in the, in the quarantine because she's a wild one. She's driving her mom nuts. I know it. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and. I think what what people connect with with Sean and and that they also connect with with you is that that use of humor um, through through like lyrics. Um, how important is that humor to you? And is that something that you and Sean were, like had in common? You think like when you guys hung out? Oh yeah, Sean. You know, knew I was a maniac. You know, Sean was like, yeah, this guy's a maniac. You know, that's why. Yeah, and Sean, yeah, but uh, um. Also, the thing that we had in common was was where the, the mainstream, mainstream, like everybody on the underground kind of knows, you know, but the mainstream never wanted to give it up, you know, and and uh, after Sean passed, at least some of the fans started really showing the appreciation, but they never gave Sean his due when he was when he was living, you know, the fans did, but like these pussy you know, idiots at blogs and magazines, and they don't know what hip hop is. So, of course, when a legend like Sean is living, they not they not showing no no love to Sean. You know, it's it's that's the world. You know, it's a bunch of dick riding, following ass motherfuckers. You know. No, I, I would totally agree with that. And and someone else who I think um, had to deal with that too was was Ph Pumpkinhead. And I definitely appreciated your shout out to him too because I feel like he was such a pillar, um, not just in in hip hop, but also like the way he transitioned into battle rap and just um, another just incredible person that, you know, if you got to know him, you're really lucky to get to know PH. Um, So I guess what's your experience has been like with with PH and and what did his passing, um, how did that impact you? Yeah. Funkinhead was an awesome dude, and uh, I'd see him around all the time, and we'd always connect and we'd message each other. And you know what sucks is you always get a, uh, you'd always get overwhelmed. You'd work and you're working, and it's like he had uh, inboxed me to to get on a record with him and, and something like that, right? And like I didn't get back to him on time, and and then uh, not long after he he had passed, and I was like, you know, man, like. Damn, I hope this dude didn't think I was Hollywood. I just, you know, you get flooded in life. I was having kids. I was touring. And, and it's like, yo, you know, man, this is your man. And, and you didn't even. So I feel like one of those motherfuckers, you know, that, that how you didn't give him his fucking rhyme when he, you know. But, yeah, it is what it is. But uh, much love to Pumpkinhead. He was an awesome dude. You know, last time I seen Pumpkinhead was uh, years ago. And uh, they were throwing this this little uh, Ludacris was hosting a, a battle rap event, and they had me come in and be a judge. And Pumpkinhead had won the battle. Uh, I forgot it was like hosted by Trojan or something, but uh, yeah. And all of us got to kick it. It was a whole bunch of us, and it was a really nice night. But uh, that's the last time I seen Pumpkinhead years ago, years and years ago. No, I, I I know how you feel too because I go back through my archives and I'm like, how have I only interviewed PH twice when like we were you know we talked a lot and he you know he was a great guy and it's like wow you know I just I wish that I had interviewed him more you know throughout the years so definitely know what you're saying there man. Um, well, that, that always happens. It's like you know you know you, you didn't get to see, say your final 
I love you to a loved one. You know, you weren't speaking to a relative and then they pass away and it's like, God damn, like why? What? But you know, you can't blame yourself. It's part of life is that, you know, things happen unexpected, you know, and, and you can't, Oh, if, if I, if I, if I, no, yeah, if, if you did, if you did, but you know, it's never really always that easy, you know? <laughs> something that makes your music so great and you know we could look at all your albums for this but looking at all my heroes are dead just the range like you know you can have your you know like those filthy lyrical tracks like you've described on twitter before but you can also have songs like wondering in the afterlife what is it about you that gives you that range and that, that you can show it so well i think a lot of rappers kind of hold themselves back they have fear of exposing themselves uh, you know, uh, to certain things that, that uh, oh, if I say this, I'll be too soft. If I say this, I'll lose fans. If I say that, you know, so, like, they're so worried about, like, what they should say, what they can't say, how to say this. I think, you know, if you just let it all hang out, it's it could come out of you, you know? Just let it all hang out. You know, it's pretty easy. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I sound like I'm dying, right? I've been, uh, I was sick the last two days, real sick. <laughs> You addressed your mental health from the 90s and how that was an issue for you. Do, you. do you ever feel like you're doing this for more than just yourself, too? Because your fans really love your music, obviously, and, and, and it helps it helps all of us, you know, in different times. So do you ever want to kind of bring those topics up and things that you've struggled with to help your fans as well? Well, it's 100 percent accurate because uh, I didn't know it early in my career, but later in your career, later in the career. I realized when I would touch, touch it a little bit, you know, uh, touch certain topics or ter- certain things, you'd go to a show and people would be like, yo, this lyric changed my thinking. Uh, this, this rhyme saved my life or this one, you know, so you go, oh, okay, okay. You know, it's just a fucking rhyme I wrote on a piece of paper, you know? And then, uh, you realize like, wow, like, these words are like really affecting people all over the planet. And when you, when you put yourself on a track and you kind of let it out and you expose the world to your own flaws and the world to your own horrors or, or dramas or, or losses, they go, fuck, I'm not alone because like everybody is going through loss and tough times at some point in their life. So when you, you know, explain, hey, I do it too. This happens to me. This is that. This is the way it happened to my family. This is the way this happened. They go, wow, I relate. I understand. Like, like this is me too. You know, so it, it does more than, you know, it does so much more than you could even imagine. And it, sometimes they tattoo the words on their bodies and they, they, they call you up or message you crying, saying, uh, saying how, how, you know, they were suicidal. They would have committed suicide, but you know, they heard this one song and it changed everything. Like it's crazy the amount of uh, uh, that that a song can do to help somebody. You know, that's incredible. And looking at a song like "Golden Oldies," you know, which is the lead single, you know, features Slug from Atmosphere. Um, that's such a great song to listen to, and it's one of those songs that a casual fan could listen to and really take a lot from it. But then, like a more well-versed fan can, you know, catch like the Biz Markey reference and, and really see like just those intricate references that you make throughout the song. Um, how do you go about 
making your songs accessible to like everybody, but also adding in those layers where um, only a, only a select group might catch it. Well, let me tell you something. I had a friend that was signed to a major label <clears throat> and you know, so was I, obviously. So was a lot of people. I know, I know a lot of people signed to major label, but this is just one particular story. And when, when they, they would talk to her, she, if she had a reference that they thought was too obscure, there'd be like five people in the room trying to rewrite the lyrics and on, no, 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 you know, you'll get more people commenting on this song rhyme. If you, or this lyric, if you use this person instead of that, cause that's like, if you think like that, you know, come on, you know, if you start digging into whatever your real mind is thinking, there's more people are going to relate to it. Even if that one particular lyric isn't the one that they relate to, they'll, they'll laugh at it and they'll have a fun time. Even if they don't relate to it, they, they can still have a good time with the lyric. Like when I listened to Public Enemy back in the day when I was a kid, I didn't know every reference. I didn't understand everything, but that's part of learning. So don't just, oh, cut out anything that's too obscure and make sure people know exactly what, nah, fuck that. Talk about whatever's in your mind, you know? So, um, yeah. So I think just being yourself, there's a ton of information you have in your head that not everybody knows. So if you was going to pick up your pen, would you stop yourself from talking about any of that stuff? Or would you talk about that too? You, you know what I mean? When you make references to directors and, and films that like might be obscure to, to, to most, I mean, I think it makes that music so much more authentic and genuine. Yeah, of course. And plus, there's something called Google now, where if you say something, well, they got, okay, let me Google. <coughs> let me press that Google button and see what the fuck this rapper's talking about, you know? Unless you just want dumb fans that want it all simple and fucking dumbed down and let them understand every lyric completely easily you know anybody could do that you know dumb it down you know with the amount of shows that you do you know do you find that you're you're constantly bringing in new fans and hold while like holding on and maintaining the ones that you've built over the years do you feel like that's kind of been how that fan base has grown yeah it's funny it's like i always know which decade like i have fans from every few years you know for decades you know so Somebody will come up to me and be like, oh, I know you from this. And you go, okay, you must be like 38, you know? And then you got you got fans that will come up and be like, I know you from the Jedi Mind Trick records, you know? You go, okay, you must be 32, you know? <laughs> then there'll be like a young, <laughs> a young white kid that'll be like, yo, that first time I heard you with Hobson. And you'll be like, oh, you must be like 20, you know? <laughs> it's like, you know, so you, you just... Uh, it, you know, there's decades... Oh, and then you got the old crusty people that know your old demo tape from 1992, you know? It's like... Yo, remember when you did the Bloody Axe and, you know, Stretching Bob days? And, you know, or like, yo, that every record label sucked dick. I had the first cut of, of the bootleg vinyl. You know, you go, okay, you're an old-ass man, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. And when we when we did an interview about a decade ago, you said you had about 400 songs in the stash and that you just never stopped writing. Has that, has that trend continued? Um do you still write all the time, and has that stat, has the that number from four hundred gone up even more? Well, let me tell you something. Since the quarantine, I haven't written at all. My album, album, I've been promoting the album, and I've been dealing with babies every day, and I haven't written at all because <laughs> we don't have the kindergarten, and it's, it's the first time in my life that I just don't write. So, uh, 
I have to get back to writing soon, you know? <laughs> it's crazy. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, do, I mean, do you ever want to put out any of those, like, lost tapes type collections, um, you know, like you did back? Well, my, my, my boy Sam Sleazy has, like, found a whole bunch of dats of, like, all this unreleased shit, you know? So I was thinking, oh, you know what, man? Like, maybe we could do something like that. We, you know, there's a song I did with Hostile, who just passed away, too. I know we had a dat of a song with Hostile, and I'd love to, you know, bring that to light. You know, it, you know, he sounded a little like Biggie, so it almost sounded like a cunt renaissance part, too, you know? <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> no doubt, man. And with, with all the interviews that you've done over the years, um, really on both sides, you know, whether it's through your podcast, Mass Appeal, whatever you've been, you've been involved with, you know, what's it like? Like, how do you think that that experience of interviewing others, um, like, what's that been like for you? Because you've done so many interviews as an artist. Well, it makes me get more mad at whack interviewers, you know? It's like, yo, like, stop doing the Wikipedia interview. Do a little research before you do the interview. You know, you know what I mean? Like, like when I interviewed, like, Academy Award-winning uh, filmmakers or something, you know, I would know all this shit about them. I would know everything. And then when when we all talked, they would be like, damn, this guy knows his shit, you know? But like when, when you know, oh, I got this job to interview somebody like Ari or something. Okay, so we get on the phone. It's like, oh, it's the same question as the last three guys. Like, can we step up the questions a little? Like, ask me something interesting for fuck's sake. So, so being an interviewer myself, sometimes I'd be like, why would you interview somebody with shit you could just Google and is already out there? Why wouldn't you try to get some shit out of them, you know? You know, I've never seen a boring R.A. the Rugged Man video before. How do you come up with these treatments and these ideas and, and make it happen? Um, because these are not simple videos that you're doing. Yeah, well, you know, I come from the cinematic cinema, the world of cinema, you know, so I'm a, a movie fanatic, so I want to keep it interesting. And and I used to write all the concepts myself and, and produce them all myself and do all of that, but... Uh, I realized you don't got to do all that. Now, now I've been looking for filmmakers I like. And uh, and I, I've been finding good filmmakers that I really like. And, and the guy Jonas Kovarts from Belgium, he's really a phenomenal filmmaker. And he did the Legendary Loser video. And he's also did the All Systems Go video, which is coming out. And he did parts of, uh, of the introduction. So he's a really creative nerd psycho like me. So... You know, when I have guys like that on my team, you know, you can't do a bad video. And with with all the different stories and experiences you've had throughout throughout the industry, um, I think a lot of fans would love an R.A. the Rugged Man book. Have you thought about writing one and, and really telling, been telling your story me to do the Rugged your Man words? biography for decades, man? And uh, I don't know. I, I I I thought about it, and I thought about getting a writer for it and reached out to a couple people and I don't know. It's not, it's not as easy. You know, it's a lot of work to do that. So, you know, the, the only way I would do that is if I had somebody really work with me, you know, cause I don't want to sit down and spend a year writing my own book, you know, to make sure it sounds right. It's, you know, I want to, I want to co-write it to kind of get in there with me and kind of, I'll do all the talking. I'll do all the storytelling. I'll do all the facts, but, uh, you know, have somebody else in there, you know, kind of keeping it, you know, putting it together for me to make it a little bit more pretty, you know, not, not the content pretty, obviously, but to make it more a better written book, you know? 
Right, like like book format almost. Yeah, like let's make a bestseller. Let's let's if we do it, let's do something that's really uh, we'll kick him in the fucking dick and balls, you know. 